Let's bow for a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we draw aside into thy presence this afternoon in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank thee even for a sense of thy nearness with us as the word of God has been read and now as we draw near to seek thy face in prayer. We do pray for a conscious sense of the reality of God's presence with us. We thank thee for the occasion that finds us here, for this memorial service to Hugh McLaughlin. We thank thee, Lord, for him. We thank thee for what he meant to his wife and his family, the wider family circle, and to the many friends that he made down through the years. He was a popular man, and even the number gathered in this funeral service today testifies to that. We're thankful for the happy memories that the family can share even today in their time of loss, time of need. Look back to happy times, joyful times, blessed times in the family. And oh God, we bless thee that even during these past months of his sickness, that the Lord showed mercy to him and gave him the grace just to deal with everything that came his way. He's had a tough time, but we're thankful even in the midst of his suffering and pain and distress. He did call upon the name of the Lord to save his precious soul. We're thankful that he did give evidence of that mercy and evidence of that grace. And because of that, the Lord has freed him from his pain and his suffering And has taken him to a better place. The place described in the Bible as heaven. We're thankful for what Jesus said about heaven. He said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And we know that you, down through the years, may not have had a keen interest in the gospel or the things of the gospel. But in his time of need, the Lord solemnized his heart took away the stony heart, gave him a heart of flesh and gave him the grace to repent of his sins and to trust in Jesus Christ to save his soul. Happy is the man that puts his faith and trust in Christ and now in a far better place, in that home beyond the river, he has ceased from his trials and his labours and he's been in the presence of Christ He gazes upon the one who redeemed him by his blood. And Lord, he's at home at last, redeemed by precious blood. We do pray for his wife, Eleanor. We're thankful that she is trusting in Christ as well. Draw near to her at this time. Bind up her broken heart. Remember Hubert and Claire and Finn. Remember the brothers, the grandchildren, all those who are affected at this time. And grant that in the Saviour's name, the Lord will draw near. And may they learn to cast their cares upon him, that is Christ, because he careth for men and women. We thank thee for the Saviour, who knew what it was to die. Not because of disease or sickness. Not because he was a a criminal or a bad person. But he was God manifest in the flesh on a mission from his father to die on Calvary's cross 
to make an atonement for the sins of men and women, that all who believe and trust in him for salvation should pass from death unto life and fit it then for heaven and home. So put thine hand upon us now. Bless John as he comes to give or pay a word of tribute to Hugh. May the Lord give him grace and may the family be sustained by the grace of God even today. Abide with us now and speak to our hearts. Solemnize our hearts. God is here and that to bless us with the Spirit's quickening power. Amen. I want to ask John O'Neill, I've asked him to come and pay a word of tribute to his friend uh, Hugh, and I want John to come now to do that for us, please. Okay, folks. Thank you again for your presence here today. It shows respect that you had for QA. And uh, I would just like to pay a tribute to him. First of all, on behalf of his immediate family, has already been said thanks and appreciation from Elder, son Hubert, daughter-in-law Claire, grandson Finn, also the brothers David, wife Jenny, and daughter Joanne and Robert and partner and the whole family circle, those he called it the home, those he sent text messages, brought food, helped to serve tea, so many kind people, uh, too many to mention, our deepest thanks to all. Hugh Robert McLaughlin, son of the late William and Annie Mary McLaughlin, brother of the late William and sister Margaret. Hugh was born on the 19th of May, 1950. Brought up in a family home there at the Giants Causeway. Left school, worked on Lynch's farm, just up the lane from his home. Some years later, the reverence has intimated on this, Elner and him met up. I don't know either how they met, but there you are. 18 or 19 years old they were, and uh, he started dating Elner. Some three or four years later, then they got married, age 22. And if you're quick at counting, you will realize that last month they were 50 years married. Uh, together, Hugh then started to work at Stuart Moore's turkey farm, and they lived for a short time in the Bushmills Road here in Corain and a short time in Bally Rock before moving to the Bally Bogey Road where they're found even up to this day. Hugh then got a job in Port Stewart Golf Club as a greenkeeper and he was there till he retired some 43 years. Uh, he was also a dab hand at finding golf balls. So he was... Uh, you know, pockets full at night there, and I benefit from him. No, I don't lose a big lot, but uh, he always gave me some as well. Through his work, he was able in greenkeepers' uh, competitions to go both north and south of the border here, and also to England and Scotland to play in tournaments for greenkeepers. 
He was also there for everyone, even my own father and mother. In their, in their time of sickness, he could do, he could not do enough for them. He was always there for us as a family. They lived at a junction there on the Ballyboogie Road, uh, that Stagger Junction, and I'll tell you, it was a place where there were many accidents. Many accidents, but no matter what time of the morning, he was out to see what he could do to help somebody. Uh, to bring him in, Eleanor would make him a cup of tea, keep him there till somebody came along, even to collect him. Uh, he would help in any way. Anybody that needed left home or an ambulance, he was there even for them. If you knew his garden, it's 90 yards by 13 yards wide. I know I stepped it. There are always something to do around the house, but never with the hoover. He kept the grass and hedges in pristine condition. One thing he didn't forget was the upkeep of his golfing skills because he made an 18-hole putting green in his garden and he had flags in each hole. So uh, he knew every bump, he knew every hollow, he knew every roll of the ball. He called it local knowledge. He always liked the one, so he did. Really the highlights of Hugh's life was his wedding day, marriage day, and there where in spite of that special day, it was in a strand of tail porch shirt. Uh, he ended up in an outdoor swimming pool. Unfortunately, he had his hard suit on. And he was more worried about that than he was getting into the pool. I had no part in it at all because I had a suit on as well and I stayed out the road. Another special day was when his son, Hubert, was born into this world. His only child, the 14th of May, 1973. And another special day was Hubert's marriage to Claire. Hunter, the 23rd of September, I hope I've got this right, 2000. Another special day was the arrival of his grandson, Finn. Big grandson he is. Uh, I had his birthday wrote down somewhere. 10th of June, 2003. Uh, and he was delighted to welcome Finn into this world. Going to keep the McLaughlin name going, he thought to himself. When retirement finally came seven years ago, they spent many weekends away, travelling north and, north and south of the border, covering most of this island. And if anybody was free to go with them, he says there's a room in the back seat there. You can come with us. There's always time for a feed, ice cream, even the dog. Uh, the ice cream was bought for it as well. And during this last year, at the beginning of the year, he got the awful news. He was diagnosed with bowel cancer, which he took very graciously and with great calmness. He went through an operation to relieve the pain of a tumour that was closing up the small bowel and had given him great uh, relief of pain. And soon the treatment had to start the chemotherapy and Alton Galvin Cancer Centre. Uh, but through it all, Hugh was a model patient. 
They kept nurses and doctors laughing, never complained through his time of trial. Through this time, Eleanor was his rock. She was constantly, lovingly, caring for him, 24-7. Always there for him. You may ask why he was contented, never complained. That brings me another, the best day in his life, the special day, most special day in his life was the day he trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as his saviour. Passed from death unto life, he was now a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'd be with him that afternoon after hearing the news. I prayed with him. We left. He was so thankful. I phoned the Reverend Irwin when he went home and Obligingly, he said he would come. Or we give him a ring. And did. And as he did, he had the privilege of pointing to the only one who could save his soul, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank the Reverend Irwin personally for that, and we have done. This was the reason for the peace, calmness that came over his soul. He, can t- he testified. To me many times, John, I'm not, not scared to die. Uh, I'm ready if death should come. And sad to say, the death angel did visit the home on the 6th of October, Thursday of last week. Very suddenly, unexpectedly. Uh, one moment going, getting ready, says Eleanor, I'm going for a wee walk round the house. Eleanor says, you want me to go with you? He says, no, I'll go to the toilet first. He got a call. Eleanor got the call. He said, I feel weak. Eleanor was there on her own. She hadn't time to really call on anybody. She said, if you can hold on to that washer and basin, uh, I will get you down on the floor. Before the both of them reached the floor, he was out into eternity. So sudden, what a shock, what was to us all, he knew him. But absent from the body, present with his Saviour. I must ask the question, if it's you, where would you be today? If your life was to happen, to ebb out suddenly, where would it find you? Are you ready to die like Huey? Have you peace that Huey had? Psalm 90 reminds us that verse there in verse 12. I'll just read it. Leave it with you. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Doesn't talk about weeks. Doesn't talk about months. Doesn't talk about years. But folks, the bottom line is, you need to be ready. If you had no opportunity to repent, 
that he died in his sins. But no, we thank God that day he turned from death unto life. Huey had his allotted years, three score and ten. But you know, folks, if it comes suddenly for you, will you be able to see Huey again? Will you be able to talk to him again? You need to be ready. Eleanor and Thurbert would like to express special thanks to doctors, nurses for their expert care and treatment of Huey at Alton McGelvin Cancer Centre, Causeway Hospital in Corrine, also the nurses that treated Huey in the home, also Murdoch's funeral directors for their caring, professional manner they conducted the funeral arrangements. Also to the Reverend Irwin for his prayers and support, home visits, and for his concern and dedication through Thuy's illness. Not forgetting our past minister of the congregation, Reverend Higginson, for his visits, his prayers, and the good times and not so good, never missed an opportunity of counselling Huey of his need of God's salvation. Not forgetting interim moderator, the session committee for the use of this beautiful church today and the church hall for the food afterwards. For those who opened up, put on the heating, these ladies which gave up their time to make ready the food, thank you so much indeed for your kindness, your generosity. And I'm sorry if I've left anybody out today. I don't mean that in any way. Uh, there are too many, and it shows in your presence here today to mention your name. Thank you for your presence here. Accept this as a token of our appreciation and our thanks. Continue to remember the family. Continue to remember Eleanor, Hubert, Claire, Finn at this time. It'll be hard, but we're there for them. And we know that the Lord's there for them. He will surround them with his love. But they need your continued support, your continued prayers in the days and months, years that lie ahead. Thank you for your presence here today and God bless you. Thank you very much, John, for paying tribute to uh, Hugh. For a little time, I want to turn your attention to God's word, and it will be a little time. And I have in my mind a verse found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. I will read three verses from that chapter, beginning at verse 13. And then I will highlight the words I want to leave with you this afternoon. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, 
which was from Jerusalem about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Those are the words I want to draw to your attention now to leave with the family this afternoon. Jesus himself drew near and went with them. The scene is the resurrection day, the resurrection day of the Lord Jesus Christ. These two disciples mentioned in this chapter were returning from Jerusalem, the scene of the cross. They were returning to their village, a place called Emmaus, just a few miles from Jerusalem. And as they traveled along the road, they were greatly discouraged until a stranger drew near and went with them. That meeting, that day, changed everything for these two individuals. Jesus himself drew near and went with them. In the first place, I want us to think about the sadness they exhibited. Jesus spoke to them and asked them why they were sad. And the reason for their sadness was someone that they dearly loved had died. I'm referring, of course, to the Lord Jesus Christ who had been crucified. These two disciples loved the Lord. He had been crucified, so he therefore died. He was precious to them, so it was a time when they suffered a loss and their hopes and dreams were shattered. Now the family has come to this time of sadness and sorrow and grief because someone precious to them has died. Someone near to them has passed over into eternity. Things will never be the same again. Life is full of partings. It's full of tears, sadness and sorrow. And I trust that even in your time of need that you will sense his presence with you in a very special way. In the Bible we read of a man called Jairus. He had a 12-year-old daughter. She took sick. And within a very short period of time she died. Family was devastated. Another woman that we read of in the Bible was a widow. She had already suffered a loss. She was a widow. She had an only son. We don't know exactly what happened, but he died as well. And uh, he was on his way out. They were carrying him on the coffin to the cemetery. And you can imagine the sorrow and the heartbreak that that woman must have felt. In John chapter 11, it's a very sad chapter because we read there of a couple, two sisters, Martha and Mary, They had a brother called Lazarus. And the Bible says that Lazarus fell sick. He grew worse and he died. Huey fell sick. He grew worse and he died. What did the two sisters do? They sent a message to Jesus. What did Jairus do when his daughter died? He went to Jesus. 
What about the woman who lost her son at the gate of the city of Nain? Well, the Lord in mercy happened to be there in his divine province at the very gate of the city before that young boy was taken out to the cemetery to be buried. At times of sorrow and sadness, we, like the individuals mentioned, we need a friend. And the Bible talks about a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That reference is to the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you may know the hymn that we often sing in church. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Do you know this friend that sticketh closer than a brother? That proved his love for sinners by going to an old rugged cross outside the walled city of Jerusalem, suffering not for sins that he had committed because he was spotless and pure, but because he was dying to redeem a people, to save a people from their sins, so that one day they could enter into heaven with him and enjoy the bliss of heaven forever. That's where Hugh is today, because he trusted this friend the one who drew near to him at the bedside, drew near to him in this time of agony, time of turmoil, and lifted the burden from his heart, forgave him his sins, and washed him in the precious atoning blood. Jesus is described in the Bible as a man of sorrows. He knows how the bereaved feel. He knows how people who are sad feel. He knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. And as he knows the thing that troubles you and the burden that you have, he is able to meet you at the point of that need. He can deal with that burden and that care, and he can make a way through for you to give you peace and joy. There is not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. The answer is Jesus Christ the Lord. And today we sorrow not even as others that have no hope. Our hope today and the hope of our sister Eleanor. I will see him in the morning. I will meet him once again. He's alive out in eternity. He died, he left off the shell, the tabernacle. The soul has gone into the presence of God. And one day at the end of time, that soul will be reunited with a perfect glorified body and they will spend their bliss in heaven around the throne of the Lamb of God. The sadness they exhibited. The Savior they encountered. The Bible says that Jesus himself drew near. It wasn't a ghost. It wasn't an apparition. It was Jesus himself. That word Jesus means Savior. It was the resurrection day. He had died on the cross, he had been laid in the tomb, but he had been raised by the power of God. This actually happened. Our hope was in a resurrected Savior, one who atoned for sin, one who was buried, and one who has been raised from the dead. And then that's not the end of the story. Forty days later he ascended into heaven where he's now seated 
at the right hand of God the Father. But listen, he's coming again. Don't you think that he's not coming? Don't you think for one moment that that can never happen? The Lord is coming again. These disciples, what is a disciple? A disciple is a follower. These two disciples, they were following Jesus. Every man needs a savior. Psalm 23 is well known to many people. The Lord is at the beginning. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is also at the end of that psalm. We shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And all the verses in between, all the experiences in between, we can have the presence of Christ with us, whatever those experiences may be in life. Maybe you feel that you've failed in your life. There's forgiveness with God. Maybe you feel you're too deep dyed in sin that you can't be saved. Oh, you've got to trust what the Bible says. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. There's mercy with God. He can meet you at the point of your need today and deliver you from that very thing that troubles and bothers you. That, that sin, that thought, that fear. He can give you peace. Forgiveness of sin is found in him and in him alone. Not in the creed, not in any kind of church. Not in ritual, but in Jesus Christ alone. He's the only saviour, the only one who can redeem and set men free. Because he died in atoning death to secure that for his people. So don't be in great despair today. There's one who can save to the uttermost all that come unto the Father through him. Can you truly say the Lord is my shepherd? You, you may be saying to me, preacher, how can I be saved? Well, let me quote to you John 14 verse 6. These are the words of Jesus. He said, I am the way, that means you can be saved. I am the way. You can be sure because he says, I am the truth. Whatever he says is truth. And you can be satisfied because he says, I am the life. So how can you be saved? I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. The Virgin Mary, in Luke chapter 147, who gave birth, to the Lord Jesus Christ said. This is what she said. She rejoiced in God my Savior. She needed a Savior. And she gave birth to God's dear Son. The one who went to the cross and paid the ransom price to save us from our sins. Now at first these two disciples didn't recognize him. He was just a stranger when he came. Maybe he's been a stranger to you all these years. He was a stranger to Hugh McLaughlin for years and years. Until the Lord revealed himself to him in a very special way. He opened his eyes. Touched his heart. And that day when he was pointed to Christ, he was ready. No protests. He was eager to trust in Christ. And he did so in a simple fashion. By asking the Lord Jesus Christ to come into his heart. By repenting of his sins. And by believing the gospel of grace. That any man who comes to God through Christ can be saved. And there, even the next day, he called my first thing in the morning. He says, I want to thank you for the help you've been to me. 
Of course, it was the Lord who did the work. Jesus saves, and his blood makes us whiter than snow. So here's the Savior they encountered. And then finally, my time is up now, the support they experienced. Jesus himself drew near and, listen to it, went with them. He entered upon the journey with them. He traveled with them to the end of the journey until they reached home, their home, in a mess. Isn't that a wonderful picture? He walked side by side with them until they reached their home. And every child of God has this companion traveling with them until they reach home. That's heaven. Remember when uh, Jesus came to meet with Martha and Mary. It was outside the village where Mary met up with Jesus. And the Bible tells us that the Lord traveled with Martha and Mary to the grave, that is, to the grave of Lazarus. He had been buried. So here we have this wonderful picture. When Christ comes into your life, you trust him for salvation. He will travel with you until you go to the grave. And then beyond that, he'll be with you till you enter the home above in heaven. There's a place called heaven and there's a place called hell. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody really wants to come God's way. And God's way is Christ. It's free. Salvation's free. The invitation is extended. Mercy is extended. Grace is extended. We don't deserve it. No, not at all. But there's mercy with God. He's a powerful Savior. He can forgive you for your sins, for your shortcomings, and he can make all things new. So the day that commenced with sadness ended up with gladness because the Lord, when he came into their home, he was breaking the bread and the sleeves of his garments uncovered his hands and the two disciples could see the marks of the nails in his hands and they knew it was Jesus. Jesus Christ bears in his body today in glory the marks received in Calvary. Five bleeding wounds. The one who suffered and died to redeem sinners bears those marks in heaven above. And the Lord will be with the family. He's with the family right now. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. When the good shepherd found the lost sheep what did the shepherd do? Lifted the sheep up, put it across his shoulders, and took it home. And the Lord came last December in Greece to the home of Hugh McLaughlin, and he rescued him. And last Thursday, in the providence of God, he said, Now, Hugh, it's time to come home. I've got a better place for you to dwell. I'll take care of Eleanor. I'll take care of Hubert and the rest of the family. I'll watch over them. But you, your time is up. I, I want you to come to me. Just there, on the lap of his dear beloved wife, he put down his head and he died in her arms. What a way to go. But more importantly, he died in the arms of Jesus. 
the great shepherd of the sheep, the only saviour of sinners, the one who's merciful and gracious, who can lift your burden, change your life, make all things new. That's the one that he came to trust. The Lord takes every one of his people home. May the Lord be pleased to bless you today through this simple word. We're going to sing this closing hymn now. We'll stand again as we sing their loved ones in the glory whose dear forms you often miss when you close your earthly story will you join them in their bliss. Let's stand again and uh, join in if you know this hymn and let us sing it to the glory of God.
moment, pronounce the benediction. Our gracious Father, we thank Thee for all that has taken place in the service today. Thank Thee for the memory of Hugh, what he meant to all those who have gathered here to celebrate his life. We think especially about the family now. The Lord will give grace and help. Member Eleanor, Hubert, draw graciously near. Member his brothers, all who are hurting, sad today. And may the same Jesus, who drew near to the disciples of old, may he now draw near to each one gathered here. Now may the blessing of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest and abide upon all of God's believing people, now and forevermore. Amen.